0: Film that came out a couple of years ago that I wanted to watch but didn't get around to it until uh, very recently. We just put this on a couple of nights ago uh, to kind of kick off the uh, Halloween season. I planned on doing an entry for it for uh, this Halloween year, and I figured I'd do it now. I was actually very surprised. It was kind of. Interesting to see that, you know, as you as I return to it and you kind of remember all of the sort of publicity, I guess, and all of the the um marketing that was going on for it. I swear I thought this was way more connected to Jordan Peel than it actually was. And truthfully, it's it's really not. It's not connected to anything that that Jordan Peel's done. Jordan Peele actually hasn't done anything with this film. It's just kind of come out along the same time as a lot of other Jordan Peele films of sort of the same sort of, uh, I guess, plot points and plot devices in some way. But it it is unique. Now, originally, when you start watching the film, you get the feeling like it might be a time traveling, you know, ancestors type film, you know, these ancestors of you know, slave owners have found the ancestors of a slave that they found that they their ancestors had and it could be it could be somehow connected that way. So it's not necessarily the case. Now, I appreciate, What they did with the film. And I'm going to get into it. But I also do understand as well. Why it's not very. Critically received. It is definitely. Worth the critical responses. It's gotten. Because it could have been. Sort of done a bit better. Especially for a film that I believe. Was released in theaters. And you know also pushed. To the extent that it was. You know. What was it? They had they really pushed something about Jordan Peele. I think it was just about that they was by the same production company that did Get Out and Us, which again this is like you know two years after Us, which Jordan Peele is getting on his stride around this time. So here's Antebellum. It comes out. It's trying to sell the same story, trying to appeal to the appeal to the same crowd, appeal to the same moniker that these other films that it's you know, using as part of its marketing tool and to express itself to its viewership. And then you start watching it and you get, you know, the first section of the film and you go, okay, I'm understanding where this is going. You know, it's it's going to be, of course, it, it's going to be something about, you know, slavery and black hardship and, all right, let's see where it goes. Let's see what this is going to do with it and then it jumps to modern day times. And this is where it sort of loses you because there's a huge issue that I have where there's a, a lack of I don't want to say realism, but there's there's a there's a lack of understanding when it comes to how you want to portray a certain a, a certain perspective and you overwrite what your your overbiased opinion is on 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 that perspective so like there's a scene where they talk about this argument that the main character has with another news anchor now here's the thing there are moments where people say really dumb racist harmful shit on the news But they are pretty much always overshadowed by other people talking over them. And they're usually not the actual people that are part of that news program. It's usually another guest. So it'll be like the anchor of a show, this one guest who has a very racist point of view. And then another guest who is like the person who this other guy is racist against. And then he'll say something that's way out of line. The anchor will come in and say, listen, you can't talk like that. That is ridiculous. And then the other person will become sort of, you know, uh, express that they they feel disrespected. They will put the person in their place. And then there's there's a lack, in this scene that they show in the movie, there is a lack of sort of an understanding of how you can portray that to an extent that a person watching the film would buy it. Like, I've seen plenty of stuff where this is trying, what it's trying to portray, and this film, did, ju- it just did not capture that. And it's not even just that. I'm just using that as an example. There are other points where there is just a lack of... It's like poor acting. It's almost B-level or C-level rated acting for just the fucking future parts or what is portrayed as the future parts at first pers- at, at first after you go from what is considered to be i'm guessing you know 1800s you know um concentration not concentration camp, uh 1800s um uh, uh 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 cotton field slave camp you go into modern day and it's just this the, this overbearing feeling that everything seems rote everything feels like it's being like said off of off of a script and there's another scene where she has an interview on a on like a Zoom call like a Teams meeting with with the laptop and there's just these these unnatural pauses while they're speaking and there's unnatural dialogue that they share between each other and just the way the scene plays out it just doesn't feel and i know i know i might say the word real list it doesn't seem real it doesn't seem realistic and i might say that and i know we're talking about a movie that's based on fiction and it's not a real story but you're still meant to buy what's happening in the movie you're not meant to sit there and see that yes this is these are people acting like don't don't play me off to be stupid when i say that there's a there's a lack of realism in it you are still meant to be acting you are still meant to be able to portray the role you're playing as if it was really happening that's the whole point of acting that's the whole point of movies and for some reason when it goes from the 1800s to 2020 it loses that sort of connection it makes with i guess the script or maybe the characters And so for about 30 minutes, maybe 35 minutes, however long it spends in 2020, in the time frame of, like, the city environment it takes place in, it loses you. But then it brings you back, because you learn it's not time-traveling ancestor stuff. It's actually way more fucked up than that. And that's where the movie really, really won me over. So now... It had me interested in the, the first act. Then the second act had me really upset because I really didn't like the acting. I didn't like the betrayal of the characters. I just didn't like how anything was going. Then by the third act, when the twist rolls in, and the twist is, it isn't about ancestor stuff and time travel BS. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's about this secret society that is kidnapping black people to reenact slave plantation camps in in the south like as if it was like almost like world war ii reenactments like they do it like gettysburg but to the extent that they're they're kidnapping them forcing them to be slaves and they're actually murdering them and abusing them and like hitting them with like hot coals and and they're using actual firearms and they're raping them. And this, it's like a civil war reenactment, but they're really, it's real fucking people in 2020 that they're just kidnapping and forcing into this game that they're playing, sort of. It's when you realize that's what's fucking happening. And there's this crazy scene when they're all out in the field and they all know that there's like 15 guys all standing around them, they all have guns. And there's a plane that flies over and they all look up and it's like, holy shit. It's like the second, I think it's the third moment. There's a moment where one of the generals answers a cell phone. And I'm like, is this a time travel movie? Because I'm like, how does this dude have a cell phone on a horse? So he answers the cell phone and then it rolls back over into the next scene where um, some lady, one of the one of the slaves winds up killing herself. And then you see a tattoo on her foot, and I'm like, tattoo on her foot? Know tattoos back then. Like that tattoos, you, you you only you were in a slave with a tattoo, especially of a fucking butterfly. And then the plane, and I'm like, holy shit, they're fucking kidnapping them. This is a fucking and then my wife pointed it out, she's like, Yeah, this is like they're like fucking Civil War reenacting fucking slavery. And I was like, Holy shit, you're right. And I Maybe if the first two acts were done with a little bit more, like, strength, if if they were just molded to be a little bit more better, maybe the appreciation of that twist would have hit harder with a lot of people. Because, again, when you research this movie, it's not received well, and it's very upsetting because, and again, like I said, I understand the second act is very fucking bad. The second act, all of the acting in it is really fucking horrible it's very much b-level acting it's all really bad in the middle 30 40 minutes of the film the beginning is just a precursor and then the twist is really what grabs you and makes all of it sort of worth it but you got to be willing to get to there and if you're willing to get to there the bitter bittersweet ending is so worth it it's just it's, it gives you that, like, feeling like you get when you finish watching, like, Hostel, or I Spit on Your Grave, or The Last House on the Left, or even just Get Out. Like, any of these films where you get that bittersweet revenge where the good guys win, it just feels really good. And it sucks that this didn't get enough of the recognition it needed or deserved, but it is understandable with how really bad the acting does get in the in the crucial part of the film where it's still it's still doing character development like how are we supposed to take it seriously when you have a lot of really poor exchanges a really lot of unnecessary character arcs and character there's this one dinner scene where like she takes out like the the best friend and the other friend who's also an author, like, the main character is an author, and then she has a friend who's an author, and they, like, speak about, like, um, uh, female and racial disparities in society. And then they have the best friend. So they're all out to dinner, and there's a guy who's at, like, the same restaurant, and he buys them a drink, and then he comes over, and he's, like, trying to, like, flirt with her. And then she goes on this rant of, like, how you shouldn't buy me a drink, or if you do, you have to read the table because you brought me, like a vodka cranberry and we're drinking wine we're wine girls but here's my number anyway like it's such a fucking dumb scene that it really is understandable that if you're watching up to that point yeah you seem to be you can easily be a little fed up with that film up to that point so i understand where if you might have stopped it at that point you really didn't understand what was happening or you didn't even care to watch after that perfectly understandable but really that twist is what saved the movie for me and everything that happens after that twist everything everything makes sense beforehand even with all of the bad sh- the bad acting that happens beforehand it all makes sense all of the bad plot points that happen beforehand it all is just worth it to get up to that point and i guess you can kind of look at it like i remember how a lot of people explained game of thrones to me and I remember them saying, like, oh, yeah, just wait till you get to, like, season three. It gets really good. So I'm like, so I have to watch two seasons of really bad television to get to a, one season of good television? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I get that when I say the twist is worth it, I'm trying to tell you to watch an hour worth of a bad movie to watch 40 minutes of the, the rest of the film, which is really good. But it is worth it. Like, it is a good film. And maybe it's not even all that way a horror film, but it is still labeled in the horror-slash-thriller sort of genre, and it is kind of right up there with any of the other Jordan Peele films, even though it's not really connected to Jordan Peele at all, except being by, like, the same company who produced all of his films, and that's how they marketed it, which, you know, however they want to market it is however they want to market it, but it is definitely uh, something that could have been done a little bit better at least the first half but that twist holy shit it's it's just one of those those things that happen in writing when you see something that happens in writing and again as a writer i do appreciate that when you see a good sort of arc that you never thought that was sort of possible or you never really imagined yourself and you were like holy shit that makes so much sense it makes so much sense why not have it be The ridiculous twist isn't time travel. It isn't ancestors that are following the bloodline or whatever. It's even simpler. But even that simple thing is so twisted, it makes sense and it makes for good storytelling. And maybe I'm just a little naive and maybe I just didn't expect the twist. And maybe there's a lot of people that did expect it or did catch it from the very beginning. I really didn't. I went into this very much a uh, open-minded and kind of not expecting much, and I guess that's probably why I looked at the middle of the film and thought, yeah, not my cup of tea, not something I was really excited about once the middle of the film. Like, I, I paused it at least three or four times while we were watching it in, the, in, in mid-film and just ripped into it in the, right in the middle. And then once the twist rolled around, we didn't pause it again and we watched it all the way through and I was just jaw on the floor. And I was so, so happy with how they kind of rounded out this really bad storytelling they did in the middle with how good they decided to kind of wrap that story up in this little nice little bow. It's it's kind of like opening up a Ferrero Rocher and... It's like, instead of there being that, 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 that yummy, that, that yummy, like, the, uh, crispy stuff that's, like, on the chocolate, chocolate coating shell, like, that's not there for some reason. Like, they, they fucked up on the manufacturing, and you just so happen to open up the one that doesn't have that. And you're just like, oh, well, fuck, there's no, there's no crunchy stuff. But the chocolate shell is still there, and you, and you bite into it, and all the stuff in the center, so good. All this stuff—it's—it's it's all good. You get to the ending of it, and it's still—it's still good. But you get disappointed because they—they they fucked it up at the beginning. You opened it, you opened up, and you—and they fucked up. So, I get it. I get it. It's not that good at the beginning. It's definitely worth. I mean, I don't know. I—I th- I think Rotten Tomatoes has it at like thirty percent, and that's—that's that's a pretty bad rating. Uh, I—I I get it. I would definitely say maybe maybe at least 50 maybe at least 50% i would say it probably deserves but it's 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 interesting to see that it didn't get i guess better writing to make it worth more of the story it was telling i guess cuz it just needs tweaks in that center i wouldn't be surprised if maybe somebody somewhere along the lines maybe 10 years from now wants to redo this concept and does it better. Like maybe something, another, another version of like, what's that Amazon show, uh, Them, the, like the, the show Them that Amazon did. Maybe a retelling of this story in like a Them sort of anthology universe. Maybe that where it kind of drags out the story a little bit more with like better acting and better writing for, for this, for that midsection, maybe that'll do it some justice. I don't know, but it really is a waste of a very good twist, but you know, what are you gonna do?